Hello, and welcome to Modern Leader, the podcast. I'm super excited to dive in today's topic, which is embracing change. And to join us in that conversation, I'm even more excited to welcome our award-winning member of the Maxwell Leadership Team, published author, um, our guest, Macy Delville. You got it. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm super excited. When uh, when I learned a little bit about you, I said there's no one better to dive into this topic with who can give us a skinny 30-minute version of everything that we uh, need to know to, to kind of prepare for, for this topic. But before we dive into that, um, you know, here at Modern Leader, we are modern leaders, right? The, the yeah. title gives it away, uh, which means we encourage people to, you know, be their authentic selves, bring their full selves with them. And part of that is having a little fun along the way, right? So before we dive into these really important topics, um, I wanted to do a quick little icebreaker. You good with that? Oh, sure. Let's let's do it. All right. So I pulled a random card um, that we'll use to kind of talk through. And this one is a question. So what we'll do is I'll ask the question and you'll answer it as quickly as you can. Okay. <laughs> right. Sounds easy enough. Let's see. Okay. okay. So if you could only eat three foods the rest of your life, what would they be? Three foods the rest of my life. Actually, this one isn't terribly hard. I'm not a big foodie. I have friends <laughs> and my husband that love food. I really just eat to survive instead of, you know, going out to all these great, but I love um, chips and salsa. So that would be one that I absolutely love. Um, I also love chicken parm. So mm. that would be another one. And I think the third one would be cereal. I could eat cereal 24 seven really? and I'm not that picky. <laughs> I mean, right now in our, I think in our um, pantry, we are on a lucky charms kick. So I probably have that at least four times a week right now. And I, I turn my little guy, our son, um, he's eating lucky charms now too. So <laughs> That's interesting. The only lucky charm that I really like is uh, the little rainbow shaped one. So like, oh, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm, I'm that person that like picks through them. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Like, you think that each one of the marshmallows tastes differently. Yeah. I'm like, nobody else wants to eat out of my box of yeah. <laughs> lucky charms. <laughs> like I've picked through them all. All right. If I had to pick three, um, let's see. Wings would be one. Uh, uh, I love eating wings. Um, brisket barbecue. I'm Texan. Okay. So yeah, that makes bar- sense. Yeah, have to have that. Um, gosh, and if I had to pick like a a junk food, I guess I would say, and I don't know why I'm saying like, you have to pick a junk food, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's important, right? Um, I'd probably say chips, more specifically, probably like hot Cheetos. I'm a big hot oh, Cheeto junkie. Yeah. So. <laughs> my older son loves those. Oh, they're my favorite. Yeah, I can, I can that could be a topic all of its own, like the different right. things that you can eat with um, hot <laughs> But He likes uh, to put them on his sandwiches. Yes, it's the crunch, the crunch yeah. and the, the heat. It's like a perfect mixture. <laughs> all right, well, thanks so much for joining me uh, and, and that quick icebreaker. I'd love to learn a little bit more about um, our, our guests. And I feel like I know you a little bit better just by knowing yeah. what, you, what three foods you'd keep though. <laughs> So uh, diving right into uh, today's topic, which is embracing change, uh, more specifically as a leader, uh, there's so many different changes happening around us all the time. But I think uh, as of recent, there's been even more than, than what we've been used to in the past. When we look sure. at the, the pandemic, having to work from home, 
some people are permanently working from home now. Some people are having to do hybrid schedules and managing people who are working those schedules or having to get used to uh, dogs chiming in in the background you right. know, <laughs> when the Kids mailman. crying. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many different norms that, um, you know, I remember thinking you know, these things will never be acceptable at the workplace. Right. And now it's, it's just kind of our, our norm and things that we've learned to, to navigate through. Um, so I, I really want to talk about embracing change, not only through the lens of this new work environment that, that's been created because of the pandemic, but also our new blended generation workforce, right? There's so many different generations in the workforce than before. We have to learn to really kind of navigate through the different needs, how to keep everybody engaged, just so much going on. Um, and I, I feel like we can never get enough of this topic and learning what can we do how can we pivot to help everybody feel included and challenged and a part of uh, of the team um, so there's just so much going on that um i wanted to, to to pick your brain a little bit about some of the things that we can do uh as leaders to to really embrace the change and also help take our team through this change everlasting change curve right it's this ever going right. Um, so with that said, the, the first thing that I want to dive into is, um, can you share with us a little bit about what you think leaders can do um, to embrace change? But more importantly, why do they not embrace change? What do you think keeps people from embracing changes? Yeah, I think uh, there's that question. There's two answers, I, I believe. One is comfortability. You know, people are people get comfortable you know, not just leaders, but many people, just they like how things are going, right? They're just comfortable with the status quo or we've always done it this way. Why would we change it up a little bit? And my friend and mentor, John Maxwell, you know, says this and I absolutely love it. Um, if better is an option, then good is not enough. And I think as leaders, we really need to push ourselves and ask that question every single day. Things might be good, but is there a better way, a more efficient way, a more effective way? So I think people getting in their comfort zone or and wanting to stay there, because it feels good, right? It feels comfortable. That's why they call it a comfort zone. But the other reason I think maybe even the bigger reason is fear. You know, a lot of people don't like to embrace change because they're scared of something, scared it won't be more effective or it won't be better, or what if it doesn't work? And I really like to help clients understand to flip the script on the what if and really ask at the top of a piece of paper, if you're trying to figure out, you know, is this change going to be worth it? Really asking yourself the question, what if it's better, right? We're, yeah. We get caught in this fear-based what if and we think of all of the negative things that could happen. What if this, what if this, what if this? But if we just flip that and ask ourselves one question, what if it's better? then maybe people can overcome their fear of whatever it is that they're afraid of. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's a very interesting question. I, uh, I come across a lot of people who that, that, that's, uh, that seems to be the core of their resistance is just what if yeah. it's worse? What if it breaks something? Um, what if everybody doesn't like it? Or what if my team quits, right? There's just so many different things of that could, could be bad, but as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, if you're changing something, most likely it's because whatever you're doing isn't working, right? If it was- Or there's a better way. You yeah. Know, there's just a, there, the possibility of it being, 
better, you know, there's this great quote and I can't think right off the top of my head who said it, but uh, I'm sure you've seen it on, you know, there's a meme, a thousand memes on it or on Facebook or something. And it says, what if I fall? And it says, but darling, what if you fly? And they think again, yeah. it's that changing that perspective. If I jump off this cliff, I might just fall. If I do this thing, if I make this change, it might not work. But mm -hmm. again, what if it does? What if you soar? What if you fly? I love that. It's a really good tilt on this age old question, right? Like yeah. what, what ifs? Um, so I really like that. And you know, now that you've talked a little bit about the things that might keep people from wanting to embrace change, I really wonder, um, as we identify the things that are keeping us as, as leaders from wanting to change, what are things that we can do differently to start embracing change as, as it's coming? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is gonna have to do with mindset or making sure that they've got the right team on their side. You know, you had mentioned before, like what if my team quits or what if not everybody is on board? And I think the reality is that you might lose people and not everybody mm -hmm. is gonna be on board. But I think that a quality of a great leader is courage. And sometimes courageous leaders take risks. And that's very admirable. You know, it's not everything is going to work out perfectly. If you think of any great leader in history, it's always the same storyline. Dream, struggle, success, right? There's this yeah. dream, this goal, something you want to accomplish. Then you struggle to get there. And the struggle may take a day or years, but then ultimately there's success. And it's working through that, like I said, with mindset, possibly hiring a coach to help someone get out of their comfort zone and push them a little bit more than what they're used to. So I also think it's awareness is key, identifying, okay, maybe I am struggling here with change and really figuring out why is that? What is holding me back? Sometimes people don't know what they don't know, right? They haven't really asked themselves the question, is it fear? What, where's that fear coming from? Or is it that I'm so comfortable? Or is better an option, right? So there's a lot of questions I think leaders can ask themselves as well um, in regards to what's holding them back, making some changes. Okay, you know, um, that's a really good point. And one of the things that I, I find that people tend to struggle with is past changes. A lot of times I hear that the reason that they're hesitant or that they're nervous about a change is because of this huge failure of a change that happened yeah. in the past. And, you know, it, it seems that that's a constant for people. They're like, well, last time we tried to change something like this, you know, it, it, the world imploded, right? It seemed like a huge, yeah. a huge uh, failure. And it's really hard for them to get over that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I don't know if any of your listeners have daughters that are really into that movie Frozen, but when something like that comes up, I say, you have got to channel your inner Elsa and let it go because <laughs> you'll never move forward if you're staying where you are, right? It is all about taking chances and success and failure, they're two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. And I think oftentimes people look at their failures as mistakes and yes, mistakes happen, but really re reframing again, that mindset shift, that flipping of the script and saying, okay, not what failed or what didn't work, but really embracing what did I learn from that? Okay, maybe someone you know changed something and it didn't work, but why? Did you not communicate it well with the team? Or you know, did you forget 
a piece of, of the equation, but really looking at mistakes and failure of learns, because again, you're not going to be able to move forward with anything if you're so stuck in the past. Yeah, that makes uh, total sense. Is there any, um, you know, exercises or, or tools that you feel that people can go through to one self-examine, like, why is it that I'm like so resistant um, and then try to better understand what they need to kind of focus on in order to, to bring themselves over that, that kind of change. Yeah, I normally recommend to my clients at some point throughout their day, preferably at the end of the day, but could be done in the morning as well is reflective thinking, you know, getting out that journal and spending even three to five minutes. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'll think about it as I'm driving home but from work or something, or, you know, on my way to get the kids from carpooling or, you know, waiting in car line, but reflective thinking isn't something that you can do without stopping and pausing. And I also encourage people to journal, you know, I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to come up with, well, what didn't work, right? What, what sucked about the day, quite (laughs) honestly, but when you're reflective thinking, just ask yourself, okay, what were three great things that happened today and three not so great things? And then if you do it at the end of your day, you can always start your day the next day by, okay, well, what can I do to change those three things that didn't work out so well the day before? So I think reflective thinking for any leader is going to be a key component to figuring out why are things happening the way that they're happening, both positive and negative, because success leaves clues. We want to be able to learn from not just our failures, but our successes as well. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, um, you know, I, I want to say I probably read this um, in, in one of John Maxwell's books, something uh, similar about like reflection. And um, I picked up that habit a long time ago. And it was really interesting at first because there would be days where I'm like, I feel like I got so many great things done. And then I go back and look, I'm like, I only got one thing done, actually. <laughs> like, right. was, yeah. Uh, uh, and vice versa. So I really learned that uh, in the day to day, in the moment, kind of what I perceived to be the reality when I took a step back wasn't necessarily the truth, right? It wasn't sure. really um, equivalent, right? So when I would uh, end my day and I'd look at, okay, what was I supposed to get done today? What did I actually get done? What were the the people or who were the people that I absolutely needed to connect with? Um, and as I started to do that, I also started looking at changing the definition of success, right? right? A lot of it for me at first was like tasks. Like, did I get these tasks done versus the connection with right. my team and the people? And it almost felt like the only time that I was meeting with my team was when there was something that wasn't going well or something mm. that we needed to, to uh, kind of get together and, and course correct on. Um, and there wasn't really a whole lot of extra time because it was like, if there's extra time, then I'll have some meaningful connection. Uh, oh, that's a whole nother podcast episode, <laughs> yeah. my friend. That is connection is so important when building a team or keeping a team for sure. Yeah, we're totally going to have to uh, dive into that in, on another podcast. Yeah. But through this self-reflection time is really where um, I started to identify these things. Like during the day, you're just kind of going through the motions and you don't really have time to reflect. And when you're driving home or, you know, doing washing the dishes, like whatever right. the case may be, um, you're not giving your full attention to to thinking about your day and what's working, what isn't. And um, what changes you need to make. So I, uh, I love that idea of just really taking the time to sit down and do it. Uh, and also planning what what tomorrow is going to look like. I think a lot of times Absolutely. we 
we have this idea of what needs to get done and we have the, these tasks and some of them get done, some of them don't. I'm, uh, by habit, I will forward emails to myself that didn't get done. And then I'm like, well, I have half a day worth of things to do tomorrow that weren't even uh, Close a part to of go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I think uh, being intentional and, and uh, in your day is really important. And I think that reflection definitely helps uh, do that. And some people are challenged by that. It can feel overwhelming, especially if you've never done it before. That's why I say three to five minutes, just start there. You know, what are three things that went well? If you can't think of three, think of one. What's the best thing that happened today? Or what's the one thing that you would change about today? And, you know, I think leadership also, it transcends between personal and business. You can't be a great leader at the office and not a great leader at home. You have to be a great leader in your life, in your community, in your family, in your business. So sometimes, you know, the, the one great thing is that you got out of bed that day. Well, that's a great thing. You know, if, if you're having not so great of a day, just really try to show gratitude um, during your reflection time and it will change the, your perspective for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we talk about reflection time, one of the things that I've heard um, that, that, that a lot of people practice during their like reflection time or, or kind of thinking time is um, like mindfulness, right? Like they kind of work on figuring out like, you know, where am I? How am I feeling? What's going on with that? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I hear that people like to do a lot um, is vision boards, right? Like creating this idea of what they want. And although I think in reflection, it's typically more of like today, tomorrow, um, do you see like any correlation or tie into like reflecting on your day versus like the bigger picture of reflecting like through a vision board on like, here's the big picture, like micro macro type of thing? Do yeah, I think they're both important, right? I do think it is important to reflect every single day, but I also think it in that reflection time, you might say, okay, when am I going to vision board? When am I going to map out mm, three years, yeah. five years, seven years, 10 years? Um, I think that sometimes people, when we go, when we talk about change, you know, they have these huge goals and dreams that they want to accomplish. And some people get stuck moving forward because they're like, well, I don't know what step 532 looks like yet. Well, by the time you take the third step, step 532 looks very different. So again, I think if you can start with the task of today, reflect on today, and then grow into it and say, okay, well, maybe, you know, in December is when I will reflect on my year, where some people like to reflect on their year, their birthday month, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm turning X age this week. Let me reflect on my years. So some people like to do it January, some like to do it December, and other people like to do it during their birthday month. So all of those, I think, are very um, reasonable that you can do. Yeah. For me, I, I typically do my kind of bigger reflection at the end of the year. And I'm, I'm a, a lifelong learner. I love learning and reading and studying. I was actually um, looking through just this old box in my office and I was seeing like just different courses and certifications that I've taken. I'm like, Ooh, I want to revisit that topic. Right. Um, but at the end of the year, typically what I do is I, I reflect on like, what were areas that if I was better prepared in that area, I could have handled this differently or given better guidance. And I add that on my list for next year of something that I want to, to study or read into. And sometimes it might be something like a, a formal class. Sometimes I just read more about the topic, right? It really just depends on what it is and um, how in depth I need to go. But I love doing that every year, just looking at 
what are some of the kind of highlights of, of things that maybe yeah. didn't go so well or that I felt like I wish I had more tools available to me for that particular topic. And then I intentionally add that into my self-development for the next year. So I'm always kind of hitting these different topics. Um, and then the next time a similar situation comes around, I feel you know much more prepared to give guidance or to, to tackle those situations. So for me, that's a part of my reflection and figuring out, you know, how do I need to, how do I need to change if I came across a situation last year and I, you know, I handled it this way and in reflecting, I'm like, I, I think it could have been handled differently or better, or I could have provided more tools or resources. Then I, I use that in my reflection to figure out how do I make that actionable? And I, mm -hmm. I plan it in for, for the next year. Yeah. I do think it's important though, to, to not just reflect when things don't go well, because mm -hmm. we're, we could be very hard on ourselves when things yeah. don't go well. I think when things go well, to reflect on those moments and celebrate those moments for sure. But then as you're saying, when something similar comes up, you're gonna be like, oh, I know exactly what to do. I've already done this before. It worked, move forward, or it didn't work. I need to tweak a little bit. So I think reflect not just on the negative, but the positive things too. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you for calling that out. I think um, as leaders, we tend to highlight or, or see the successes of others really easily. And we go yeah, out and we, we, we celebrate it with them. Uh, but we don't often take time to do that for ourselves. So I think that's a, a really great point to, to call out. It's the yeah. um, kind of the, the common thing that, that we do. So thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, a minute ago, we talked a little bit about uh, just changes and needing information. And one of the things that I've noticed in, in these really high change environments where there's always a lot going on, there typically isn't a whole lot of information yet, right? Uh, kind of this uh, saying that I've heard recently that stuck with me is you're kind of building the plane as you're flying it, right? Like it's not 100% done yet. Um, and a lot of people don't know how to respond well to that because as leaders, they're conditioned to like be organized and make sure that they they know how to give direction and, and share with people like the whys and the hows and all those things. So when they're put into situations where they don't have all that information, they really struggle to feel confident and to be able to lead their teams in an environment where things are not 100% yet. They're not really sure what's going on. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and how can people overcome that? Yeah, I think one of the things that's so important for leaders is to have a really good community, you know, have thinking partners that you can rely on and say, hey, I'm going through this. Have you ever gone through this? You know, Maxwell Leadership has an amazing community. They're a community of coaches and trainers that want to grow themselves and want to grow other people. And they really, um, that community embraces this collaborative mindset of how can I help you? How can you help me? You know, there's leaders all over the world that are doing similar things. And mm -hmm. I think the better leaders are the ones that ask for help instead of trying to figure things all out on their own. Um, you know, that's why I like to learn from the best, someone like John Maxwell, right? I, I use his experience of 50 plus years in a yeah. leadership position why do I need to figure it out? I could go ask Papa John, <laughs> hey, what would you do? How, how, how should I be doing this thing? And when you can surround yourself with mentors or a community or hire a coach or bring in a trainer for your team and really embrace the fact that you do not need to do it all on your own. You know, it's just not necessary. Yeah, I love that thought. You know, um, I became a, a leader for the first time when I was 
in my early 20s, I must have been maybe 22 or 23. And, you know, I, I remember thinking like, okay, I finally got this position that I wanted, right? Um, and then I quickly was like, what did I do? <laughs> There's all of these people uh, with so much experience and, you know, what does little old me have to offer? Right. Um, and, and in doing that, I, I remember thinking about it and I was like, okay, uh, we're sitting around this conference table and I, this was like my aha moment in this, uh, in this area where I was like, well, I was going through people and I, at first I was intimidated by the years of experience that everybody had. Sure. And then I started to add those up in my head. Um, and it was like a hundred years plus of experience sitting around this table. And I remember thinking like, wait, that's a lot of years of trial and error yes. and lessons. Yes. These individuals could really help me. So rather than being intimidated, like, let me embrace that. Uh, and I quickly found like there were things that I learned, you know, in, in school recently with technology and different things that they hadn't experienced, right? Because they've been at, in the workforce, right. the workplace. And I quickly found like, okay, this is a way that I could be useful to you. How can you be useful to me? And I created these wonderful partnerships. And it was really by looking at it from that perspective of, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and different experiences. And if we can leverage each other, we're going to, we're going to learn so much quicker. Right. I, I don't think I could spend a hundred years in the workforce, but collectively, like we've already done that, right. We, we have all these years. So I think that's a wonderful uh, tidbit of advice for, you know, people just in general, whether they're, they've been on the field for many years or they're just starting their careers, uh, learning from others, I think is a great way to, to start building quickly. Uh, with that said, do you have any tips for people? Maybe they don't know where to start to, to build this type of community. Where, what are some um, ideas of where they can start looking to, to build these types of relationships? Yeah, well, there's this really cool website called Google. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean, literally, if we don't know anything, we either Google it or ask Alexa, right? Yeah. So if you go online and you just type in, you know, community for XYZ, whatever it is, leadership communities, new leadership communities, uh, communities for coaches or uh, communities for IT folks. I mean, Google is so powerful. And I think sometimes we overthink things, right? We yeah. make it more comfortable. Like, where should we go? And sometimes your public library has different resources. I don't know about, you know, where you are in Texas, but I know here in Florida, our light or in the community that I live, our library is very strong. There's networking groups. So I do think it is a matter of, you know, Googling a little bit, yeah. even networking groups for IT in XYZ zip code um, and really putting yourself out there because as a leader, it's all about influence and you want to be able to connect and meet as many people, not just in your industry, but outside your industry too. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, for me, LinkedIn, I I love LinkedIn. Yeah, another so like, great resource. Yeah, I meet so many interesting people and have conversations with them. And um, I, I learned so much. I've even been able to um, interact with people and, you know, invite them to my podcast that I've never met. And I probably would never run into at the coffee shop, right? They live right, so yeah. far away. Uh, so I think LinkedIn is a great tool uh, to use as well as uh, like local chamber of commerce. I love interacting with different chamber of commerce uh, because you do meet so many different people in different industries but what they have in common is that they're they're leading people they're providing services they're kind of dealing with similar things that that we all deal with as leaders uh, just in their own world and sometimes it's interesting how things do translate into different industries that we never thought 
would, right? Absolutely. Like, I had no idea that you're right. dealing with the same thing when you, you know, maybe you're a car salesman or you work in uh, retail or, you know, just different areas. And you're like, that that's never going to apply to what I do, right? Uh, but there's, you know, the leadership, I think, is universal, right? The things that you Absolutely. struggle with and the things that you uh, work on as a leader, it kind of transcends industries and kind of brings you together at the end. So uh, those are kind of some of the ways that I like to interact and, and find people to, to bring into my, my community. Yeah, I love that. All right. So uh, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about today is just advice for leaders of leaders that are struggling with change. So I think uh, when it comes to our frontline and, and how we help them and, and try to connect the dots for them sometimes is a little bit different than when it's leaders of leaders. Um, a lot of times what I, what I see is that the you know the leaders of um, the frontline supervisor team or what have you, because the supervisor team has um, a little bit more information and sometimes it's it's enough information to confuse you but not enough to answer the questions kind of yeah. thing. Um, they tend to sometimes struggle a little bit more with the changes and um, I hear a lot from leaders of leaders that they they don't really know how to help them get through the changes or feel aligned with the changes because they don't have enough information. And because they don't have enough information, they feel like when they go out to the front line and try to talk through things, they don't have enough to, to give them. So it's one of those things where, you know, the information that's available is what's available, but they just don't feel comfortable. And their, their leaders sometimes are at a loss of how do I make right. you feel more comfortable if this is where we are? And I think this goes back to what we were kind of joking about before about connecting with your people. Mm -hmm. John Maxwell teaches that people are going to buy into you before they buy into your vision. So even if you don't have a lot of information, if you're the type of leader that your people understand you, they trust you, they respect you, it doesn't matter if you have any information at all and you say, hey, we're doing this project. I don't know much about it. Are you in or on, are you out? If they trust you, if they respect you as a leader, they're going to say, yeah, man, what do I have to lose? Right. So it yeah. is about getting to know your people. It is about building that trust and that respect and connecting with them because they are literally going to buy into you first before they decide, am I going to follow the leader? I mean, you see this even on playgrounds. You know, I have two, both teenagers now, but in their younger years, like no matter where you are, leaders emerge. Right. Mm -hmm. There's someone that's always the leader in any kind of game. Um, and it's because they're they have charisma, they have respect, people are trusting them. And if I say, you know, Red Rover, Red Rover, I call Anthony over, you trust me that I that I'm gonna, you know, you're not gonna mm -hmm. break through. I, I've got <laughs> it, right? My team is holding on for dear life. So I think it it does go back to what we were talking about earlier is that you've got to connect with your people so that if you are in a position where you're going to make a big change. They have to know that they may not be on board with the change. They're on board with you. So they're, they're going for it. They don't need to know the details because they're on board with you. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Um, which I, I think we could probably talk for hours. That's like kind of a whole nother topic there. Yeah. Right? Like how do you build trust and how do you do those things? So uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to regroup at a later time for a couple of other uh of these topics, but we're coming up right on time here. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for helping unpack some of these different topics. And, you know, I, I feel like you're a great resource. You have a lot of wonderful information and tips. If people want to connect with you, um, how can they do that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I do have my own website, which is just my full name, M-A-Y-C-E-D-E-L-V-A-L-L-E.com. So MacyDelVal.com. Same, that's my Instagram handle as well, at MacyDelVal. So I would be excited to help anybody, any of your listeners that need some guidance in this area, you know, for sure they can reach out and connect with me um, on my website or through Instagram. That's wonderful. So if it's okay with you, what I'd like to do is I will include your website in our bio between this episode and and our next one so that people can find you easily um, and hopefully connect with you. Like I said, you have a lot of great information, a lot of um, great topics that you helped us cover. And I also know that you've um, partnered or not with uh, different corporations. You are a corporate trainer. So you've done leadership and communication with different uh, companies. So there's so much things that you have to offer and so much great information. I want to make sure that people can quickly and easily find you. So we will link you in our bio. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to having you on again soon. Yeah, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. I hope that your listeners found it helpful because change is inevitable, right? It's going to happen. So let's get out there and make a mess and make some change and and grow in the process as well. (laughs) Absolutely. For more information about Modern Leader, visit us at www.modernleader.net. You can also find us on Instagram at modern underscore leader one.